Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. We're glad that we could be here together with the Lord and with you in fellowship and in studying His Word. So let's get to it, shall we? I'd like to open us up in prayer. I will. Okay. Lord, I thank you for today and for the things that you've been doing for your people, Lord, and for the awesome and mighty works that you perform, Lord, and that your Word is standing firm, Lord, and it doesn't change. It's something that we can always depend on, Lord. Thank you. And I thank you that you are holding that you're God and not people, and that your ways are smart and ours have to fall in line with you, Lord. And I thank you for the name of Jesus that's above every name, Lord, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are God and God alone, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so let's begin with 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 22. I get a volunteer to read through verse 26. I'll read it. Please. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel. And now they lay with the women, and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from the pe all the people. Know, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. Mm -hmm. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. There's a lot in there. Does anybody want to lead the way on how they understand what's being said here? And first and foremost, what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you about this section of Scripture? Um, I think when you look at it, he's saying that he got a whole bunch of reports from different people. My question would be, how come we wait until so many people came up and told him all these things instead of when he first hears about it, go sorting it out instead of letting it grow into this big thing? Hmm. Interesting. That's a good question. Because he did the same thing with Hannah. He didn't give her a chance to see if she was actually drunk or not. He said, you're drunk, and confronted her right then and there. Called her out right then and there. Oh, but he didn't point. do that for his own sons. Hmm. So what are you saying? That's hypocritical? Yes. Having a double standard? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. And it wasn't, it, you don't just get to being out at one time, and I'm sure he saw them at least once, like taking the meat before he, they were supposed to. Because even though it's a tabernacle, it's not that big. Especially if you're one of the higher, if you're higher up in the chain, you're supposed to oversee the stuff mm -hmm. and train them personally. That's how they learn. Hmm. That's a that's one way to look at it, mm -hmm. but you can also look at it in the context of a family, a, a business, any organization, right? There is a person that's overall in charge, obviously, 
for Israel and for everything it's the Lord. However, yes, Eli was appointed as the high priest. That was his role, his capacity. So he had that that position and that authority. But like in any organization, any house, there is it's an impossibility, if you will, that you know every exact thing that goes on in the moment that it goes on. It is what it is. Uh, I'll use myself in the example with my parents. There were things that I did that they have never found out about. Right? It is what it is. I'm sure it's the same way with you. Only we have the Holy Spirit. And I thought my parents did. But he reveals things. And as he does, they get addressed, right? Yes. But in there is also a willingness to submit. And not just to, uh, I'll say, reject what he's saying. Because we want to think the best of our children, the people that the Lord has brought into our care, whether it's in, in our family, in our homes, in our business, in our, our church, right? It's like what we always say. Say what the Lord says to say. Do what he says to do about every situation. All right? Yes. So, but you do bring up some good points, uh, especially about the uh, having a double standard. He did not first apply the standard that he you saw demonstrated through his interaction with Hannah, to his own house, his own sons. There was more grace given. And I wouldn't even call that grace. Grace is a good thing. It's grace true. is of the Lord. That was turning a blind eye. That was exactly. wishful thinking. And to the expense of his relationship with the Lord. Eli was basically an overseer. And in the New Testament... Um, the Apostle Paul lays out the qualifications for an overseer. Absolutely. Um, talks about his personal nature not being given to wine and a ruler of his own house. Not that he's a tyrant or he's controlling everybody, but he's somebody that's willing to put in check his own household, himself first, mm -hmm. then his household, and then helping other people outwardly. If your own house is a mess, how can you take care of the things of God? And I've, actually those scriptures refer to that. If you're having such a hard time with this, the small section that you've been placed over, right, it's going to be harder to take care of something that's much broader and um, bigger. So um, it's important to keep our heart on the Lord and keep our eyes and ears on Jesus and let him be the most important person in our life so that there's nothing else that comes before him there's nothing else that creeps in to grab your heart and your attention to make you go well uh, when it comes to things that God has already said this is how I feel about it this is my word on it and when something else arises you're able to put it in its place immediately regardless of who it's coming from because you love him more than you love everyone else you love him more than you love anything else and you shouldn't be willing, uh, I think the Apostle Paul calls it, be ready to punish all disobedience mm -hmm. when your obedience is made full. So when you come in and go, okay, Lord, I'm lining up with you. So anything else that's not like you, I'm going to deal with it and put it in line. Does that make sense? Yes. Absolutely. But they also had a position because they were his sons, Eli's sons, were serving in the, the ministry. As priests, which is why in verse 24 he says, It's not a good report that I hear 
you make the Lord's people transgress. They were, they were supposed to live out their lives as a pattern and example for others to bring them in, but we know going back early in the chapter, it says that they were corrupt and they didn't know the Lord. They didn't revere Him. They didn't serve Him. Even though they were supposed to be in service to serve and minister to the Lord, they weren't doing that. They weren't walking that out. So now the people who are supposed to be taught, educated, trained, equipped, and by taught I mean how to come into a right and real relationship with the Lord. We're getting a, let's say, horrific example, which what how these how his sons were living was against everything the Lord had said to do. It was the, it was the complete opposite. So, Eli says is right. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? Now, yes, we know the Lord is our, our intercessor. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to make intercession on our behalf. But the, the key is the next part, which says, Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father, which is the... That's the crux of all of it. Our willingness to listen. It's required. And not just to our earthly father and the advice that he gives, but to our heavenly father. How he's leading and how he's instructing us to live, to carry out not only our lives, but the things that he has for us to do. It all starts with the first listening. Right? That's what he says here, O Israel. Lord our God, it first starts with hearing, but then not just hearing, being a doer, right? We find that in the New Testament. It's the added step of, yes, I heard the instructions, but now I'm going to be obedient to them. They were unwilling to humble themselves and submit to one, the Lord. But even in this, the advice and instruction of, of their father, who was trying to admonish them, encourage them and to do the right thing, to, to bring them back into alignment with the Lord. Um, and also the next part I found interesting as well, where it says, uh, because the Lord desired to kill them. Now, sin, all sin, ultimately leads to death. It opens the door, so that the Lord himself was going to kill them, but their actions open the door for sin to take hold, they gave him a foothold, and ultimately allowed to to be a uh, a stronghold in their life. And they did not; they chose to not fight against it, to not submit to the Lord, resist the devil, and have him flee. And in that, ultimately, all sin leads to death. Right? We see that in Deuteronomy twenty-eight. We see that in Leviticus nineteen or no, twenty-six, I believe. It's the, it talks about, if you look at there, those sets of scripture, they're identical. Here are the, the blessings and benefits of seeking the Lord, following after him and his ways. And then there are many verses that go into, but if they don't serve the Lord, if they're not being obedient, if they're not listening, if they choose to be in sin, then there is a lot of verses that describe what will happen. 
because sin is complicated. When sin reaches its fullness, it brings forth death. But when you read the scriptures before that, it says, let no man when he's tempted say that he's tempted of God. Right? Each man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. So there was certainly lust and then the carrying out of those wicked desires. Um, and like you said, honey, Deuteronomy 28 goes, hey, the curse is out there. That makes us aware. And you cannot, you cannot operate wickedly and then still hope to fall under the grace of God because the person that acts wickedly has themselves removed themselves from the covering of God. In particular, in this case right here, because when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they passed through the waters, right? Which is a form, a semblance of baptism. So they were already covered by him. Mm -hmm. And so they already, they knew the ways of God. They knew his laws. They'd already been exposed to them and taught. So they weren't ignorant, right? They didn't, they weren't doing things in ignorance. Ignorance. They knew exactly what they should and should not do. They knew the customs and practices of the priesthood but they chose to defile them. And when that happens, the person is refusing the gift of God's grace. And now they are left uncovered by, because of their own actions and their choices. And the thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. God came, Jesus came, that we'd have life everlasting. So that didn't change about him. Not at all. Although the language is used that the Lord desired to kill them. Well, we, you can, if you look at scripture, especially with the Amalekites, he says, now hold up here because the, the sin of the Amalekites is not yet full. Mm-hmm. So you can attribute that to this, yeah. this exact set of scripture where he's saying what, what is being said is their sin has reached its fullness. It's, it's full potential, which brings forth death. Yeah, but I also have the next verse where it says, The child seemingly grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. Mm-hmm. There's a, a contrast here out of choice. Eli's sons who were raised by him, right? In much the same way that Samuel was being raised by him for service, for the priesthood, right? As dedicated unto the Lord and, and calling the plan for their their lives but you have two individuals that chose not to come to alignment with the lord's plan didn't and desired not to know him right says they did not know the lord but then you have samuel who was a child growing up but he had determined in his mind he was going to know the lord says he grew in stature as a maturing right and not just of the physical body but in favor both with the Lord and men. So denoting that he had a, a true, a right relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not based on traditions, religious or otherwise, but based off of actually knowing the Lord, his nature, his character, who he is, but then also the relationship who the Lord was to Samuel. Any questions or any comments before, um, before we move on? Like in verse 22, when it says, Now Eli was very old and heard everything his sons did to all Israel. I'll stop right there. 
Um, if you read Jeremiah, it was talking about how... I don't know where in Jeremiah, but I know it's in Jeremiah. Okay. It was talking about how when you could live sinful all your life, but if you repent at the end, you're sure to be saved. And if you fall mm -hmm. away at the end, you're going to be condemned to hell. Mm -hmm. And as you can see here, he was unwilling to deal with it was younger, but when he saw the consequences of what was going to happen to them, that's when he started trying to intervene. He started trying to save his sons, I'll say it like that. Instead of dealing with it early, he was trying to come at the last second and try to squeak them in there, but it didn't work. Well, there's a, there's a difference there, because if you look at what the Lord says to Jeremiah, he says, if I tell you to bring a word and you don't do it, then that person, if they die in their sin, their blood is on your head. And if I tell you to bring a word and you bring it, and they choose not to repent, then you're clear, right? In other words, because it comes down to what we say. Do what, say what the Lord says to say. Do what he says to do when he says to do it. But there's also the, the reverse of that, right? If the Lord says bring a word and he brings it and the person repents, then they're good. Now, it's a little different here because what's not said is that the Lord brought the word. Now, someone else brought the word, which you can see in the New Testament as well, right? Paul, Paul writes about this. He says, if you see your brother in error, go to him. And if he doesn't change, right? If he's in, in other words, in error, in sin. If he doesn't change, then bring a friend. Or if he's still, or, two, or in other words, two or three witnesses. And if he still won't listen, then bring it to the elders of the church. Right? And, and they'll deal with it. Well, the Lord doesn't violate his, his word. He follows it. So... Someone came to Samuel because it says he heard everything that his sons were doing. So somebody was sent. And it's a, it's a good point that you brought up about the Lord sending someone because that's the very next section of Scripture that we're going to be reading here. And how it applies. And yes, he said something. But there is a... Teachers, those in authority, are held to a higher standard. Right? Yeah. makes that very plain. Well, Eli was the, the high priest. So he was the head of all the priests in Israel. Right? Jesus had a similar ordeal where he um, had a conversation and he was talking about being born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how can I go through my mother's womb a second time? Not understanding what the Lord was saying. That no, I mean, you need to be spiritually born again. So, but, it, but Jesus made the statement, he's like, how are you the teacher of all Israel? In other words, your position, your place, the authority that's been given to you, and you don't understand what I'm saying. This is not, not even a concept, it is a, a reality. But how do you not understand what I'm telling you, but you are going to instruct others? So let's, let's continue on with the point that you just brought up, Charles, all right? Um, we're going to volunteer to read verses 27 through the end of the chapter. I will. All right, sir. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly 
bring myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribe of Israel to be my priest, to offer up my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all of the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all, all the offerings in Israel, my people? Therefore the Lord of Israel says, I said indeed that your house indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be from me for those who honor me out. I will honor and those who despise me are lightly esteemed shall be despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days have come that cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all of the good which God does for Israel. And those shall not be And those shall not be an old man in your house forever. But any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart. And all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their, of their age. Now this shall be a sign that you will come up, you two sons. Now this is saying. This shall be a sign that you will come up upon your two sons, on Hiphony and Phineas. In one day they shall die, both of them. Then I will rise up myself a faithful priest, who shall do according to what is in my heart and my mind. I will, I will build a sure house, and he shall walk before my eyes and look to forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please put me in one of the priest's positions that he may eat a piece of bread. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there's a lot in there. Very much so. Yes. So. Oh, just so you know, flower of their age means they're youth. Yes. They're, they're young. Uh, you think about um, when a flower comes up out of the, starts as a little seed, comes up out of the ground. So it's not when they're little babies, but when the, the flower begins to open, that's in that's kind of adult part where it's ready to reproduce and make other flowers. And then you see the other process where the flower withers or closes again, and it, it withers and it dies. So like you see the kind of the lifespan that in relationship to a flower. So it's talking about the bloom of the life when it's ready to reproduce, it's at its most beautiful, etc., etc. Yes. So, what's the Holy Spirit ministering to anyone else on this section of Scripture? Ministering to you. Well, there are... I know you have something to say, honey. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Oh, where is it? 
Verse 29, why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? That's something that um, you guys have heard me say this often, um, that the Lord spoke to me when I was younger. The, the sin that Eli committed was that he did not restrain his sons. Exactly. He should have restrained them not only by removing them from that position so that they weren't an offense to the Lord or causing people to sin, but he also should have physically disciplined them Yes. and said, hey, get over here. This is not okay. Um, but God looked at that and said, you honored them more than me. You remember when I was talking about you can't have anybody or anything that is that you hold in value as equivalent or superseding God's place of value in your life. When God says, uh, Jesus says to us in, in the Gospels that if you don't hate mother and father and children and everything. I'm willing to leave house for, and home and farm. And for my sake and the sake of the Gospel, you're not worthy of being my disciple. Why? Because you're, you're going to be corrupted. You can only serve one master. No one can serve two masters is what he says. You're going to love one and hate the other. And in this case, Eli loved his sons and hated God. He didn't deem the values that God set forth as most important. He deemed his son's opinion, making them look good, letting them have a position, making sure they were taken care of. Not that you can't care for your family, but anything that starts to exalt itself in comparison to the Most High God, you have to deal with that. No, it doesn't mean you have to kill them or anything like that. But God teaches us how to discipline our children, right? He who spares, ah, Layla, I see that face. <laughs> <laughs> he who withholds discipline, and, and the rod is what's talked about in particular, hates his son. Right? And Jesus said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. Right? When it comes to going, okay, God, I'm going to take your perspective. But Eli tried to save it by compromising and going, well, and him not removing them from their position meant he co-signed. He condoned their actions. On their actions. Their he was a participant in their sin because he had the power to restrain them, to little, literally physically remove them from their position and go, no, give me that E5 back and roll that up. We're going to save that. Um, and you go have a seat, both of you. And Lord, these sons are doing wickedly. What do you want me to do? How do I handle this? But I've already stopped them from touching any more of your stuff. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us to flee from sin, right? And don't look at it and, and wink at it like, ah, oh, it's okay. Well, it doesn't mean he had to make an open display of them and humiliate them. But if people just looked up and they weren't there anymore, offering sacrifices but instead they were down at the house or until they got themselves together that's all right god is our most important our most our most important relationship and what he says should be honored and valued above all things Amen. everything else and you guys you, you've heard me go i'm not going to hell for y'all <laughs> right i'm not going for myself but that what that means is I don't value you more than I value Jesus. 
Exactly. I love you. I cherish you. God wants me to take care of you. But you are not his equal. Right? Yes. That's right. Anyone else? Well, I... Kind of going back to what Charles said that... But I tend to disagree. It wasn't because... Eli didn't speak up and say something to his sons because all of a sudden he was concerned about their well-being. I think it was more so he was concerned about his own. It said he was very old. Yes. Like he, his time was coming up, and it wasn't about making sure his sons got in. More so he got in, like, because he knew the Lord was going to hold him accountable. Well, this is what happened under your watch. These are your sons. Why did you let this happen? And, and you kind of see that laid out here. And I was asking myself, like, why would they want raw meat? Like, it's going to have to get cooked anyway. You can't just eat it raw, so why are you insistent upon taking it from the people before it's done? But it was purely just to get in their way and make things hard for everybody. That's all it was about. But, and they had no intention of sacrificing it to the Lord or even doing a little bit right because then why would you go and mess with somebody at the door which trying to enter in right and you, yes. you see that in scripture as well right where where Jesus pronounces the woes he says to the the priests the Pharisees he says you didn't enter in the door yourselves but you also prevented others from entering in or was that the lawyers? It was one of those two groups, either the Pharisees or the attorneys. I said, you, in other words, you didn't come in. You didn't come in the fullness of the blessing that I have for you. But also, you didn't. You prevented others mm-hmm. from being able to enter in themselves. Okay. Um, like what you're saying, Kat, that's what I was saying there. But he also. If his, it looks bad on the, not on actual parents, but at the time people would look at it since they didn't know where, if they were wicked in all their ways and then he died and they're still going on wicked, that looks bad on the, on him. So he was trying to make sure his sons were correctly so it looks like he was doing what was right to himself so he could make it to heaven. <laughs> so That's so what I'm saying. Looking at a legacy, in other words. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, a, that's an interesting perspective. I'm not saying it's not right, but no, it's good. So, does that tell you guys to behave honorably at all times? And then you don't have to worry about trying to skate in by the skin of your teeth. Right? Yes. yes. And when you grow up and you have your own children, the Bible tells us in the, um, in the law when the children of Israel first came out of Egypt, when God set down the rules, he said, you shall teach your children about me. You shall speak of me, speak well of me. When you walk by the way, when you're in your house, like your daily conversation should be magnifying the Lord and edifying your children so that way when they get older, as they grow up, they know to trust the Lord. They know to magnify and exalt the Lord and live in a way that represents him correctly. And they experience God's love and God experiences their love. God knows that they love him because they keep his commandments. That's important. So the structure that that God desires it's already put in there. So when you get older, 
you know what you should do and don't have a double standard you guys know if something arises like you're there's a, a problem with the little neighbor down the street or anybody else and they're like hey you guys did this you're examined just as much as that other person they're given you're treated equally not oh you get a, a free ticket because you're my child no. we you just condone whatever you did no you guys are held accountable the Lord wants us to have just weights and equal standards right yes sure you're my child I've been given a certain care over you but you're not just given a free pass to do whatever you want and treat people any kind of way because oh there's there's kindred here no so that's something for you guys to keep in mind as you're growing and the Lord blesses you with your spouses and your families I think one of my favorite parts of these verses is um, verse 30 for those who honor me I will honor which is exactly. it's something to be excited about but uh, I mean I was like yes hallelujah you know not that that's the first time I've read it but it's a um, it's a reminder and a refreshing God is a good God and he only does good things he only does marvelous works and he desires good for us and his best which is good doesn't mean there's not things that we have to overcome in that process mm -hmm. or um, hard choices even that we might have to make. But God loves us and he makes a commitment here that that's for all of us. If you honor me, I'll honor you. And you don't have to worry about having a life of serving God that he doesn't come back and say, well done. And in this lifetime, receive a hundredfold return with persecution <laughs> that's what Jesus calls it right when we leave and forsake all to follow him and we become his disciples there's nobody that's that won't receive a hundredfold return with persecution in this lifetime I can't leave the persecution part out because well, the, they go hand in hand with challenges people might get upset that you know God blesses your family and takes care of you or they don't like your hairdo or they don't you know whatever it is it doesn't really matter it's a walk of faith it's not a cakewalk We've got to have faith, trust the Lord, and be found faithful in doing all that he asked us to do. And I think in this whole thing, like you see that being played out in the moment that this word is being brought. Because in verse 27, it begins and says, that a man of God came to Eli and said to him. It doesn't say who this person is. It could have been one of the priests. It could have been anybody. We don't know. It's not for us to know. What is for us to know, though, is that the Lord did send somebody, right, mm -hmm. who spoke exactly what the Lord said to say. He says, mm -hmm. thus says the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then he begins with what the Lord said. So then, even in that is an individual, a, say a nobody, he's not a no, or he or she, well, it says a man, so... They're not a nobody, because the Lord knows who they are, mm -hmm. and he's no respecter of person, so he treats mm -hmm. everybody equally. Mm -hmm. But the Lord knew who he was, knew who his servant was that he could send to the high priest. Like, if I try to put myself in that person's shoes, if you will, that's significant. You being a, a, you know, a, a nobody, for lack of a better way to phrase it. Just not just a man of God, but someone that's going to be obedient to the Lord, and you're going to go to 
the, the teacher of all Israel, the person in charge of the spiritual well-being of all of Israel and bring a word against them. Which is simply just saying what the Lord said to say and doing what he said to do. But the, the, the ability to, like you were just saying, overcome what it seems like, feels like, looks like, and just be obedient to what the Lord has put on your heart to do. Mm-hmm. And by putting your heart, I mean instructed you to do. And then in faith, following through with that. Regardless of what it looked like on the natu- in the natural and on the surface, and whether Eli received the word or didn't receive the word or whatever the being willing to deal with the actions or potential consequences or whatever occurred after the word was brought. It doesn't say that any of that mattered. He was just, this man of God is going to be obedient, was willing to be used by the Lord in whatever he would have him do. It's a, an example that all of us should take note of and learn from. Mm-hmm. The Lord is, is not just about people in positions of power or authority. Or and The Lord is willing to use anyone who will be faithful to him. Absolutely. And, and we see that highlighted here and in this section. Mm-hmm. And though it's not always for pleasant things. Uh, is that the preference? Sure. But it's not about what we want. It's about what the Lord wants, right? Mm-hmm. Isaiah 55, 11 says, My word goes forth and accomplishes all my plans, what he purposes for it to happen. Mm-hmm. The Lord knows the outcome, but we have to be willing to allow and let the Lord be the Lord mm-hmm. in our lives and in the earth. I have one more. Um, did you get Did anybody else have anything they wanted to say? Oh, yes, I promise. When the man of God was talking to Eli about his sons and what was going to happen to them, and how Bo was talking about he he was getting he was getting just because he didn't deal with the sin as soon as it started to spark. So the Lord showed me that just like and how that's it what everybody with Hannah he was just as soon as he saw he called it out. Well the son he was turning a blind eye, the Lord showed me that with Eli the correct order for you to have a successful life is First, put the Lord first, then your family. Mm-hmm. Because when Eli put his family first, he ended up going, Well, you're my family. It's going to hurt if I go, Nope, you're staying out of that. So, when he did that, he ended up disobeying the Lord's word. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord was showing that if Eli had to listened to him, he would have, the Lord, if Eli had listened to the Lord, the Lord would have told him not to put his sons into priesthood yet so they can be trained, trained properly. Okay. Well, that's yeah, one aspect. 
It's yeah. hard, yeah, get their hearts together. Yes, because the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Right? Sure does. So he knows if or if and when we are ready for his service. It's not a it's not uh, roles and positions of authority or service to the Lord are not something that should just be given lightly. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul talks about that exactly. Like hey in choosing people that are qualified to be elders like we were discussing earlier it was and even who should go for the the missions that Paul went on and how Jesus chose his disciples he didn't choose them based off of certifications qualifications knowledge outward appearances he sought the Lord he inquired of the Lord who should I who should I choose and he chose 12 which is to say the Lord chose 12. Now we know there were more disciples than that in Jesus' case, right? At one point he sent out the 70. And ultimately, uh, at the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people in the upper room. But there is a, the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the hearts. Who is truly going to serve and worship him in spirit and truth. And who is putting on a show who was just giving the Lord lip service even though their heart is far from him the Lord knows that it's not something that you can inherit oh my father was a pastor so I'm going to be a pastor Or that's not how the Lord works he has a specific plan a calling a purpose for each and every one of us mm-hmm. it is something that we must seek the Lord for. He will reveal it to us when we choose or are willing to follow Him in and and through everything and let Him teach us and train us through His Holy Spirit. And it's something we individually and uniquely have to accept. Yes. Yes, I can do my part and go, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying, you know, for, for this person or that person, but the person themselves has to individually and uniquely accept God's will and plan for their own life Amen. and agree to walk in it one last thing before we go um, I was I, I was looking at this yesterday just kind of my eyes glanced over and I was just thinking about it um, Eli had wicked sons right but Samuel grew up in the same house and, cho- and still was found in favor of both with the Lord and men. And it was interesting to me that Samuel was not corrupted. By watching day by day, you know, they're walking back and forth in the same, you know, household, et cetera, et cetera. And he was exposed to these wicked men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids find themselves in little places and they overhear lots of things. And they, they see things and they're like, oh, that's not right. You're not supposed to be do that. You're not supposed to be doing that. But Samuel wasn't corrupted, even in the midst of a bad environment. And that made me glorify God and appreciate him because God is able to keep the things that we commit to him. Samuel's mother committed him to the Lord, and he still was able to keep him, even in the midst of a totally corrupt situation. And it's one thing when sinners sin and you see that but it's another thing when the people of god men 
or women of God that are supposed to be holding themselves righteously and accountable to God and display and show an example of who God is and how to correctly live before him. It's a different thing when those kind of people sin because they're doing it bold-faced. They're doing it intentionally. And it's corrupt in a way that a sinner being a sinner is not. Sinners sin. That's what they do. Not that you go, oh, that's okay, but they don't have a relationship with the Lord. Sinners belong to the enemy at that point, and they're living their life accordingly. We belong to God, and we should live our lives accordingly. So that really blessed me, and it's a, another example of God. doesn't matter what the environment is or the circumstance. God is able to keep all things. Jesus mm -hmm. said, you, you all are in my hand, and no one snatches you out. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he could do it for Hannah and Samuel, and Jesus referenced it, talking to the disciples in the New Testament, he's still the same God today, and he can do that for any of us. So trust him. Put yourselves in God's hands, and don't jump out. Amen. Okay, and as you be, when you grow up and you and your spouses have children, put your children and your family in God's hands. And no one snatches you out. Okay? I'm going to go to prayer, honey. Sure. Lord, we just thank you. We honor you and we bless you and we glorify your name, Jesus. You are the most important person in our lives. We thank you for your peace and your presence. We thank you for this day, Lord, because you are good. And your goodness and your mercy endure forever. We thank you for how kind you are to us, how patient you are with us. We thank you that your covenant and your promises are immutable. There's nothing that can change them, Lord. And we just accept you as our Lord and Savior. And we again place you in the throne that belongs to you alone, Lord. You are, we are yours to command. You are our Lord and Savior, our captain of our salvation, our chief Lord God. And the things that are important to you, we take as important to us. Lord, we just pray for the people that are hearing and listening to the word. And we thank you for hope. And we thank you for you being in their lives as well. Comfort them, Lord God. Surround their minds with the peace that only comes from you, Jesus. And that surpasses all understanding, Lord God. Guard their hearts as well. Help them to safely trust in you and come into more confidence with you, Lord. And it be at ease in your presence, Jesus. We love you and we thank you for all things that you're doing for us, God, because you only do good things and you do all things well. We bless your name again, Jesus. In your name, Lord. Amen. 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 All right. Everybody have a great day. God bless you. Bye. <laughs>